Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Look, let me let me welcome my friend, my mentor, my guru, Kwame Salter. It's been a while. President of the Salter Consulting Group. A a a Kwame. First of all, thank yes. you at the last. You know, coming on, man, and talking about this. Uh, For you, I would do anything that is not illegal, immoral, or unethical. <laughs> and and hey, hey, and the feelings mutual, and and okay. I, I, it's mutual. Now, let, th- let me tell you, there was a story. Black employees, and this is the headline: Black employees face backlash from white supervisors when they self-promote at work. Self-promoting at work is something that's done all the time. Um, here's what I've accomplished. Uh, here's what I'm doing. I, you know, um, and and so why are some? Why is there a backlash with, from some white supervisors when an African American uh, partic- is involved in self-promoting at work? Well, it goes back to what we've been discussing over the past couple of years, systemic racism, or you could even call it uh, structural exclusion. There are people, and I'm glad you said some white people, because not all white people act that way. But uh, the majority of uh, people in corporate who are white, quote unquote, don't have a lot of experience in dealing with black people. Just don't. They, they don't have that in their background and their experiences and their youth, even in their adulthood. What they know about us is what they see on TV. And they basically put us in two buckets, athletes and entertainers. If we come out of those two buckets, they don't know how to respond to us. And so what happens is that they have been inculcated with this notion that we are inferior. Now, 244 years of legal uh, slavery has allowed them to develop narratives about us that are not true. So what happens is when they see a black person who is confident, what happens? That confidence is viewed as uh, arrogant. The same thing happens to women. A woman who's aggressive, she's a bitch. A guy who's aggressive, he's passionate. All these little terms are reflections and reveals about how they have been Brainwash, basically. Mm-hmm. So here's the theme I want us to talk about today, Joe, if, if it's possible. And it's a great little book. It's called Illusion of Inclusion. Now, what is illusion of inclusion? Well, that's sometimes subtle ways that standards can appear to adequately address race while at the same time marginalizing it. So we're in an era right now where DEI is the big thing. Now, my big concern about DEI is that we are putting talented people in these dead-end positions, and we're taking them out of the pipeline to be effective contributors to the total corporation. So one of the things we have to understand is that when you're talking about us in a corporation, we read the tea leaves and we say, okay, well, we have to be good and we have to show people our work or We need to make sure that people know that we are doing our job. So we buy what is out there as 
These are things that will get you through. But what happens when I was in corporate, what we found out was that typically women get higher performance ratings and lower pay. Blacks typically get lower performance ratings and lower pay. And if you were to compare those to a, a white person or a white male, you'll see that they tend to get the benefit of the doubt. We don't. And so I suggest to people when you go into corporate, you look for three things. You look for an advocate, a mentor, and a sponsor. Mm. Now, the advocate right. may be a person you don't even know is your advocate. This is somebody who's observed you from a distance. Right. And then and in critical meetings, they say, you know, that, 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 that guy is, is pretty good. They may never tell you that. They may smile at you. They may talk to you in the coffee room. But they're your advocate. An advocate is somebody who puts you up for consideration. A mentor is someone who helps you smooth the sharp edges, understand how the organization works, the politics. And a sponsor is one who goes out there out front saying, I support this person. We typically never really get the advocate and the sponsor. We'll get a mentor. But to make things happen, you need the advocate and the sponsor. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, got to tell you, I was thinking – uh, what yesterday this sort of happened to us. A group of us were talking, and we were advocating <laughs> for this particular person. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I guess I can. I, well, it was our intern. She's sitting okay. right here. It was our intern. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, you know, she's she's here in the studio, and we mm-hmm. were out. We were out. She didn't know it. She was inside doing what she's supposed to be doing. So it was three of us, right. and I, and we were we, a couple of us were going, man, this is a smart young lady. This, I mean, whoa. And so that was the advocate. Now I don't know who her mentor is, but and and then and then one guy said, well, let's hire. Her. <laughs> that that <laughs> I mean, really, he said, you. Hey, I hey, know. When 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 you finish school, you you, you want to you, you want a job? Now, the, right. so I hear you. And and so these and it may be three different people. Is that right? Oh yeah. And with mentors, you as Paula Sneed, who was executive vice president at Kraft, used to refer to it as you want a mosaic of mentors. You don't want to just limit to ah, one person. Yes, a, a mosaic of mentors that you can go to. Some mentors can help you figure out how to maneuver through the organization. Other people talk to you about core competencies that are needed. Other people talk to you about your style. But you need to just open yourself up to input. Mm-hmm. Now, in turn, mm-hmm. let me, if you don't mind, let me go back to this self-promotion because you, mm-hmm. you said something that, it, you know, a lot of people just consciously don't realize. And, right. and that is, correct me if I'm wrong, Probably a, a white supervisor's only relationship with a black person, I mean, and again, this is not everybody, may be right. on the job. I don't go, right. to, I didn't go to school with them. I didn't live in their neighborhood. They're not on my bowling team. <laughs> They're not, you know, and, and, yeah. um, uh, so, uh, uh, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know how their behavior, I don't know how to interpret their behavior. So, for example, when we're full. I don't know how to interpret the white supervisor doesn't know how to interpret the black person's behavior. Go ahead. Exactly. So I'm very passionate about something. And somebody says, hey, calm down, calm down. Well, I'm not upset. 
This is the way we act when we're full. <laughs> right, right. I'm not upset. Uh, so if part of the problem here is that we have created in the minds of black people shortcuts to success in corporate that are not shortcuts. For example, credentials. <laughs> black people have more credentials than, than you can count. They, they say, well, you know, if I get a master's, I can move up in this organization. Not so fast. You are still Kwame Salter or Joe Madison with an MBA. You are more valuable outside the organization with an MBA than you are getting an MBA while you're working because you're still the same person. It doesn't change the perception of you. Now, part of the problem is that the racism we deal with, and we deal with it as though racism is some, some sort of arbitrary, autonomous thing operating. No, racism is deeply embedded in everything we do, think, and how we act. Racism is an environmental issue. It's a pollutant. We should treat it just like we treat climate change. You have to address the fact that this, we breathe this in. We inhale it. We then exhale racist ideas and thoughts. So one of the things we have to understand is that what moves you through an organization? Ultimately, it's competence. You have to be competent. You can't blame your skin color if you're not competent. You have to force them to address your skill set. And I support people who promote themselves because anybody that gets anywhere promotes themselves. Some people do it in a subtle way. Some people do it in a very obvious way. But the fact of the matter is, that's what we do. Now, when we do it, it's interpreted as, oh, you, you, you're too big for your britches. You're arrogant. Yeah, you're, he's yeah, arrogant. you're arrogant. Yeah. You're arrogant. Uh, but somebody else is confident. That's confidence. That's not arrogant. So what do you do? So what, 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 do you, what do you do if you find yourself in that environment? Do you pull back? Uh, what, what, do you, what do you do? Do you have to change your uh, personality? No. no. No, you don't have to code switch. You don't have to change your personality. You're just who you are. But see, it's all based on your confidence. If you're confident, you can keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. they, nobody can really dispute the results that you deliver. So it, uh, the issue is the issue that I talk too much about my results or is the issue is nobody acknowledges my results. You have to have a, a, a conversation with people and say, look, I'm not letting you know because I don't have anybody ex extolling my virtues. So I'm going to extol my virtues. I know what I do. I know what I'm good at. I know what I know. I don't know what I don't know, but I know what I know. I would encourage people to continue, but you know, not pushing in people's face. Mm -hmm. But every time you do something, you go back and say, you know, here's the result. How do you feel about this? Did I do this the right way? Could it have been done better? Always looking for self-improvement, but never backing up and saying, oh, I'm not going to promote myself. Well, if you don't promote yourself, nobody else will. Well, you know, that an old, I had a, a, a mentor of mine who used to say this all the time. Uh, Where's Sherrod? Yeah, who, he used to say, if you don't, it's another way of saying it. It's just old-fashioned way of saying it. If you don't toot your own horn, it don't get right. tooted. Mr. W.C. Patton. And, it, <laughs> and then if it gets tooted, they may play the wrong tune. <laughs> so I know Amen. what I want to say. I, I know the horn I want to play. Right. I know the uh, tune I need to play. Right. 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 So let, let's think about this. Um, if you only know black people through the media, you have a skewed yeah. view of who we are. That's right. 
That's right. Uh, people assign uh, insight and wisdom to an athlete who just finished a game and said something stupid or something wise. And it's like, oh, he represents black people. No, he represents himself or she represents herself. We are as diverse within the black community as we are yes. between the black and white community. Yeah, yeah. And this is the mistake people make. Yeah. Professor now, Gates made that uh, Professor Gates made that observation when I interviewed him last week. Folks need yeah. to understand. We we've never been monolithic. Never. 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 I mean, if you think about it in our youth, Joe, the issue was Malcolm or Martin. Right. And and, you know, both agreed on the outcome. The disagreement came around the strategy. How are we going to achieve it? Now, as young people, where do we gravitate to? We gravitated to Malcolm. And as we got older, we realized that Martin was as radical and as determined as, as Malcolm. Malcolm was. He just, yeah. Yeah but, yeah. but he just, Martin had a different approach. As you get older, you begin to appreciate Martin's approach. When you're young and you're full of vigor, you're saying, "Oh no, no, I can't. I, I, I couldn't be a. I, I couldn't be one of those people who get slapped upside the head. That's that was my position. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have the moral strength that um, Martin Luther King had. If somebody slapped me upside the head, I'm gonna slap him back. <laughs> and so, yeah. as I got older, I realized that Martin's approach was probably the more effective approach. Because as, Maha- as uh, Gandhi said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth will leave the world blind, blind and, and, and speechless. Yeah. 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 So we, one of the things we have to begin to think about is that this article is just a reflection of one of the microaggressions that we have to face every day. But the real issue still is systemic racism, which means systemic racism, if you want to reduce it to what it really is, it's access to privileges. It's what? Access to privileges. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, I have the right and the privilege to be misunderstood if I'm white. I don't have the right and privilege to be misunderstood if I'm black because that it comes with serious consequences. So we, what we have to realize is the key to being successful is being competent. Mm-hmm. Is being competent. Know what you know. Do what you do well. Seek out insight and help. Don't be a lot of black people. When I was working, I said, "Why didn't you ask your boss?" Well, if I asked him, he'd think I was dumb. You're dumb by not asking. You you have to get information, but we are afraid that if we admit that we need to know something, it's going to be used against us. I, unfortunately, I, is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, it is. It, you know, uh, Kwame Salter is with us, but you know what? It it, it is one of my biggest pet peeves. If you don't know, ask. Ask. You know, gee, written, uh, well, I don't know. He'll know, he'll think I don't know that. Well, you don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you Thank don't. You, Joe. you don't. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with asking. Right. But you see, the way it's set up, if we ask, it is a demerit. Yes. If somebody if somebody else asks, it's a sign of intelligence. How do you get around that? You, yeah, yeah. Now, I, let me you tell did. you, Kwame yeah. Salter, president and founder of the uh, Salter Group, LLC, has, and by the way, uh, I want y'all to know that <laughs> he, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He worked 22 years 
at Oscar Mayer General Food Craft, eventually uh, rising to become its senior vice president of, uh, of human relations and global supply chain. Uh, so people will, will, will ask Kwame Salter, well, how did you, you know, rise to that status? Well, I stayed true to myself. I had an unshakable belief in my abilities. I knew what I didn't know, and I sought to fill those gaps. I, I talked to everybody. I asked questions. People used to laugh when I'd come to their door and go, oh, God, more questions. Yes, more questions. How is this working? Why does it work this way? But I never, ever said I was less than anybody. I knew who I was. Unfortunately, so many of us have bought the narrative that we're in theory. Now, we don't show that, but in the deep in our mind, we think, well, this is going to happen because I'm black. Well, it doesn't have to happen because you're black. You have to challenge it. You have to say, well, why is this happening? Why is my, why is my result viewed as less critical as somebody else's result? And how do I improve that? You have to put them on the defensive. You have to make them answer questions. Typically, we just we get uh, upset when they don't things don't go our way, but we never go back to the person who upset us. We go back to each other. You know, they're just racist. They just do these things to us. No, go back to them. Challenge them. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Uh, you know, what are these things? This DEI, this uh, affirmative action. What is it? Are these just uh, stroke of the pen proclamations? Just write up something. It goes back to the old civil rights movement. We demonstrated for the right to be at any establishment, eating establishment, entertainment establishment, and we got that right. Unfortunately, we didn't have the money to attend. But we had the right, but we didn't have the money. So when you're dealing with systemic racism, you have to think, this is like tentacles of an octopus. You may cut off one of the tentacles, but there are eight more. Mm-hmm. seeking to control you. So you have to be very clear about what you want and who you are. If you doubt yourself, like most people, you will reveal it in some way. You'll reveal it in your behavior, and your speech, but you'll reveal that I'm not confident. And people, especially white people dealing with black people, they can sense when you're one of those people who are just glad to be here. You, you've heard me talk about Two types of black people in corporate. Glad to be here. I'll do whatever. Whatever they want. I'll do. If they think I'm stupid, I'll play stupid. No, nah, no, nah, it doesn't work. That's the glad to be here. I'm in the category, and you are in the category, I belong here. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm not glad to be I belong here, and I add value. So what's your issue? And I once told you years ago, I said, if somebody wants to get rid of me, and it's not going to be on the basis of a lack of competence. Mm-hmm. They just have to say, we don't like dealing with We just with don't like you. Yeah. 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 You got to tell me that because yeah. you're not going to land a glove on me on competence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the book, your latest book. Mm-hmm. Black over white. Uh, what it means is, what is it like when you're a black manager or leader supervising white people? That's a whole different kettle of fish that we have to talk about because while this article talked about the white leader interpreting black performance, what about the black leader having to interpret white performance? Do we give white folks the same breaks that white folks give each other? Do we treat black people the same way uh, we were treated? 
or do we are we even handed and fair? And so, you know what? I'm not going to bring a racial component into this. I'm looking at results. Okay. And most successful organizations look at results. And so we go back to the illusion of inclusion. Now, I've said this many times. Affirmative action is, and diversity is inviting you to the dance. Inclusion is asking you to dance. We don't get asked to dance a lot. We, we've been invited to the party, but where are we at? You can go look at where we're at in organizations. A majority of people in human resources, we, we're finding sprinklings of people in finance and IT, but we have these internal ghettos in corporations. There's a pink collar ghetto where women are in secretarial administrative roles. Now, some of that's changing, but the reality is that it's not changing. And uh, we buy it because we give a person a $300,000 a year job and they become the gatekeeper to control black people or to explain to the external world why we didn't do something or we're working on it. Well, we've been working on affirmative action, diversity, DEI for 50 years. Any other initiative in corporate that hasn't achieved or gained traction would be dismantled and we'd start all over. But we're still doing the same thing because it works. Hiring a $300,000 DEI person. What, now you say family. DEI for, for people that don't know. That means... Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So you get one person with a job, and that feeds one family. As you know, my philosophy has always been feed more families. And how do you do that? You open the organization up so that we can go into every facet of the organization. That it's not a question of, oh, he's a black guy. He should be in sales. Or he's a finance guy, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure he knows his, his work. But when you're dealing with finance and IT, it's pretty clear. Either you know or you don't know. Either the results are there or they're not there. And so what this article is saying is that when I do achieve something, nobody recognizes me. It's like it's like Charles Schultz and, um, and yeah, the peanut, peanut. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember what he said? He said, doing something good around here is like uh, peeing on yourself in a dark pair of pants. You get a warm feeling, but nobody notices. <laughs> you are you are good, man. You are. I mean, let me let me uh, let me, <laughs> let me. No, no, really. And it comes from you. You know, I should point out uh, that th- this is uh, uh, experience talking from a public and private sector because uh, you are the director of the University of Wisconsin. Oh, I remember this Madison Afro American race relations and the yeah, cu- yeah. Hey, hey, and the cultural center, uh, yeah. you know, and and then you and they closed it they and they closed it. it. They, they, said, <laughs> they, said, they said this Negro is out of his mind. They, they, thank you. They closed it absolutely. Because yeah, when they closed it, they said, well, "What are your reactions?" And I said, "Oh, this is just an example of the rise of, uh, of white supremacy. Yep. You believe you control everything in our lives, and to some extent, you do. Yeah. Well, but that's right. We still have the power to resist. Right. That's right. Now, final question, I, and I yes. and that well, I shouldn't say final question because it depends on the last answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, are Asians and Latino employees? Are they treated the same way or or differently? And I'm primarily thinking. Well, let me just ask you: Are they? Is it? Do they have the same problem? They have their own set of issues. 
Okay. Uh, for example, an Asian person is never viewed as a leader. They're viewed as technicians. And uh, I remember we had brilliant Asian people, and I remember talking to one guy, said, I can't understand him. You don't try. You don't try to understand him. The minute he starts talking, you start moving your mouth like, what are you saying? What effect does it have on a person who has English as a second language? I remember I had this Brazilian guy who worked for me, and he'd be in staff meetings, and he'd have a brilliant point to make. And as he started making, he got kept getting interrupted, and he'd stop. So after the third meeting, I called him into my office, and I said, I said, Joe, let me tell you something. When somebody tries to interrupt you, you can say this in English very clearly. I am not finished yet. <laughs> okay. All right. But see, they, okay. won't, they won't do it because, once again, that sounds arrogant. Yeah. But it's a statement of fact. The other, the other, uh, the other thing I used to use with people when they said something that was borderline racist, just like being a little bit pregnant, okay, but borderline racist, um, they would say something, and I go, what do you mean by that? And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, you just said something. What do you mean by that? I don't mean anything. Well, you don't waste words. You meant something. Well, uh, well, maybe I misspoke. Okay, fine. I back off. Yeah. But we never challenge people when they make these little statements. Yeah. Yeah. We never challenge it. You know, for example, I had a, an employee, and she was very good. Her boss was, uh, he was racist. But she, he asked her, oh, what school did you go to? She went to HBCU. He said, is that accredited? Whoa. That's microaggression. Yeah. But yeah. what it revealed was you're not all the way done. You're not finished. You're not a finished product. You yeah. didn't go through the institutions right. that we consider right. cre- uh, credible. Right. Right. I, you know, I, I, I got to, you know, I got to tell you, this is not about self-promotion. But now, y'all, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it is about self-promotion. Shut up. Now y'all know why I am the way I am. I mean, I'm, I'm he's always been. He's always been this way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> he's always been this way. He just got more. He got more language. You got more words, more experience, more insight. But he's always been a stand-up guy. He's always he's paid the price, just as I paid. Well, the you price. do. Yeah, we both paid the price. We definitely. But we persisted. Did. Yeah, we persisted, and what we said to people is that. You got me mixed up with some other Negro. <laughs> and I'm not your Negro, as James I Baldwin. I am not your Negro. As James okay. Baldwin said. Oh, brilliant, know. brilliant thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, okay, man. I mean, we could yeah. go on for an hour. Yeah, we usually do. Well, right. I got I got to <laughs> tell you. But if people would like, if, 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 if want to order your books, uh, how can they go <laughs> about it? On Amazon. Okay. Yeah, the, the two books, Striving While Black and Black Over White, both are enjoying a little bit of a renaissance. Good. Part of the, part of the challenge I have is that, you know, and any writer has, and that people are not reading much anymore. If it's yeah. over 140 characters, they, they, they can't sustain it. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. We have You're to, right. We, yeah, we have to promote reading. I, I tell people as a consultant, they want to hire me. And I say, you know what? A consultant is simply a professional reader. You could read everything I'm telling you and save money, but you don't want to read. So I'll charge you for reading and telling you what I read. That's how simple it is. Yeah. Kwame, we'll we'll get back to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for analyzing this this article. The topic, Black Employees Face Backlash 
from white supervisors when they self-promote at work. And I, I, I really wanted to get this answered. So how do you promote? How do you get ahead? And you, you answered it completely. You just keep doing what you're doing. You keep delivering the results. Mm-hmm. And you don't let somebody tell you you're not supposed to do this. Where is that written? I don't see it in the company orders or I shouldn't promote myself. Yeah. All right. Amen. All right. It, it best to you. Be, and and you uh, be be safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk again. As my father used to say in Pigmeat Martin, if you can't be good, be careful. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.